With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, so I just read a, I just read a tweet. Abilene Christian, uh, head coach, got a $1,000 <laughs> bonus for making the tournament. Uh, John Calipari makes $21,900 per day. Jeez. <laughs> Fantastic. Holy. I want to send the Abilene coach some money. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski here. We had a lot of podcasts last week. Uh, we got a couple more probably coming sometime this week, too. We have, obviously, we'll probably get more position previews. I got to talk to John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com to kind of figure out when we'll do more position previews for the podcast. Uh, we sh- Hopefully, we'll get um, someone on from Addicted to Quack, our SB Nation site that covers the Oregon Ducks, and we'll preview that matchup a little bit more in detail, getting an opposing point of view, uh, hopefully later this week as well. But we are here. Owen Reese is here. We have Drew Hom as well, uh, making his return to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And we are here to talk about, it's not an emergency podcast because we didn't do it last night, but is it is the March Madness podcast. It is Basically, just seeing this detailing out the tournament, Wisconsin, number five seed in the South region, but they're playing in San Jose because that makes sense. They're taking on number 12 seed in Pac-12 tournament champion, the Oregon Ducks. And boys, your initial reactions to this entire, to everything. Oh, and I'm going to let you go first because I have to uh, compose myself. (laughs) I don't know. I, uh. I thought it was probably about right. I figured they might sneak their way into a four. Uh, they probably needed to beat Michigan State to do that, though, and I don't think that would have really affected Michigan State's seeding, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty wild that a 12 seed is a conference champion from a Power 5 conference. Uh, the Pac-12 is pretty garbage, but the fact remains. Um, I, I don't think we see that very often. Typically, those 12 seeds are like the last at-large uh, Power 5 schools. Um, so I was a bit surprised to see that because I saw right away, I saw people tweeting like, oh, Oregon again. And I figured that they were going to be uh, like the like the, and like an eight, nine or something like some potential where you would get them in the second round like it was a couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I don't uh, I'm not going to pretend to be nearly as knowledgeable about the college basketball scope as I would have been seven or eight years ago. Uh, but it's, I don't know. It is what it is. Ultimately, like you got to beat everybody to win anyways. So while it's probably not a super advantageous 12 or five twelve matchup, it is what it is. I think Wisconsin is still capable of beating nearly any team in the tournament. It just kind of depends on which UW team shows up. 
I, on the other hand, am definitely willing to pretend I'm super knowledgeable <laughs> about college basketball this year. And I kind of thought that Wisconsin got slightly jobbed on their seeding. I thought they could have uh, been the last four seed. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters if you're really a four seed or a five seed. Like Owen mentioned, Oregon comes from a trash conference filled with trash teams. And just because they've won eight games in a row, you have to remember that all of those teams are filled with those trash players. So it's not like they were beating anybody good. They've also lost to UCLA twice and mm-hmm. Texas Southern, who I didn't even know was a Division One school. They also lost to Iowa. So like, let's not get all crazy about Oregon here. Uh, I think it'll be fun to to beat them again. I, I, it's it's one thing where I think you hit it on the head, and and if you guys go to Bucky Smith Quarter, uh, folks that are listening, we have a quick article up. We'll have a team Q and A up with Addicted to Quack sometime later this week, probably Thursday ish, uh, and maybe an updated look with of, of Oregon too. But we gave a quick look at some team stats. You know, there's some things that are interesting about them. Uh, obviously, the, their defense stands out. They're a top 20 team in opponents' points per game allowed. Uh, they are among the top 12, 10-ish in opponent three-point percentage. Teams are only, you know, shooting 29.4% from deep against them. They're among the top 25 teams in the nation in steals per game. Uh, and, you know, I, I, they're adjusted in terms of Ken Pomp adjusted defensive efficiency is 92.5 that is 18th in the nation uh and even their block percentage 14.5 percent that's 12th in the in the country so that defensively this is almost i'm not gonna say looking in the mirror obviously but it's gonna be a, a defensive game and probably maybe they score more points than wisconsin but uh you mentioned it too though drew you know they lost to texas southern uh, in November, that's number 214 in Ken Uh They that was when they had their best player still. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, seven two foot bowl bowl, uh, who only played nine games and was averaging almost 22 points a game, and he's out. But then UCLA number ten, you know, the one, number one ten in Ken Palm as of today, and they lost both, you know, in January and February. So really, uh, they are right in the. the we shouldn't discount the eight game winning streak because that's a hot winning streak. They're playing as best the probably the best basketball that they've played this year. And how they just, I think maybe the more most impo- uh, impressive part, and maybe this is what people get maybe get caught up on right now, Drew and Owen. Let me know if you guys disagree with this, but the fact the way that they dismantled I disagree. Washington. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 68 48 that 20-point victory over Washington in the Pac-12 tournament final, I think, stands out. I mean, that's impressive play. And you had, you know, a guy, a guard, a point guard that Wisconsin tried to recruit in Peyton Pritchard, uh, who's averaging 12, almost 13 points a game, four and a half assists, 84% free throw shooter, and he scored 20 points, grabbed six rebounds, dished out seven assists, and then recorded four steals. Uh, in the championship game against Washington. Uh, so you have guys like that and, and freshman forward, Louis King, uh, Lewis King, and uh, you know, even a guy like Kenny Wooten, who I think with Wisconsin, and we'll get into the matchup in just a second, guys, but seven rebounds, four blocks in the Pac-12 tournament championship. It's a guy that's uh, averaging two blocks a game, which is similar to what Nate Reavers is doing right now. And if Wisconsin can't hit the threes, they're trying to get in the, you know, make points in the paint. Well, 
they've had trouble finishing around the rim all year. And that could pose problems, especially if Wisconsin goes cold in, you know, go from deep and you're not seeing Demetric Trice or Brad Davis and Brevin Pritzel lean forward hitting from deep. Um, to be honest, I think Wooten's like the X factor. Uh, if if Wisconsin's able to, uh, here's the deal. If Kenny Wooten wants to block every shot that Ethan Happ fakes, then Wisconsin's going to be in good shape. Uh, but if he stays on the ground, I know, I remember I watched him at some point earlier in the year, and who knows uh, what state of mind Bill Walton was in. But I remember at some point them talking about that, like he has some like seven, six wingspan or something obnoxious. Um, and with a guy like Hap who doesn't play with a ton of elevation around the rim, if he, if Wooten stays disciplined and like doesn't try to block every single shot, uh, I think he could, how he plays Hap, I think will dictate how the game goes, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, K- Kenny Wooten is a, a load down low. And he plays tough physical defense. And uh, if Hap can stay out of foul trouble and even get Wooten into foul trouble, I think the Badgers will have a really good chance. And that kind of leads into the key matchups. And we talked about Kenny Wooten. We talk, is it, I mean, and kind of looking at Kampom and not to go too deep into this and obviously their projections, right? If I'm not mistaken, Drew, you, you know more about, uh, I'm, I'm diving into the Ken Palm pool as I've started to cover this team for the second consecutive season. Right now, Ken Palm has a projection, you know, uh, of a 61, 56 victory, a 68% projection of a vic, you know, uh, of a victory. Uh, my question, is it just simply, and maybe this is what could, I mean, this is what, the story of the season with Wisconsin, you with against Michigan and Michigan state and Purdue and Marquette, uh, Indiana. Is it just Wisconsin executing more than anything? Is it them hitting? I'm not going to say Ethan Happ, but others making their free throws. Uh, is it the three point shooting? The, I mean, you see the turnovers that they had, uh, you know, against, was it, uh, you know, that they've had at least 17 turnovers, almost a handful of times in particular games. Um, is it in your opinion, is it just Wisconsin finally clicking on some, on a good number of cylinders to get over this hump and get over the first round win or first round tournament game to get the win? So I, I think there's honestly something to be said about the entire upper half of the South region is that a lot of these teams play very stylistically similarly. Uh, Oregon and Wisconsin uh, both have glacial pace. Oregon's average possession length is uh, 19 seconds, while the Badgers is 19.9. That's good for 321st in the country for Oregon and 345th for Wisconsin. Hell yeah. So they, they, they right, you know, go, go slow bros. And then you throw Virginia into the mix up at the top there. Uh, the thing is, Wisconsin just does it better than Oregon does. They're uh, far more efficient on offense and they are, while Oregon does have a a very good defense, Wisconsin's is, you know, the third most efficient defense in the country. So I I don't know if it's even necessarily clicking on all cylinders as it is just kind of playing our game and it'll probably end up turning into a good old fashioned Wisconsin big 10 rock fight. Yeah, and I think kind of like what Jake said was, you know, is, does it come down to executing? Like, yeah, because Wisconsin is not more like up and away talented more than any team they're going to play. 
So, I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think the ultimately Wisconsin, and like you said, Wisconsin plays in these rock fights all the time. And that's kind of what you, they're going to have to hope for uh, because they're going to have to hope that because they're more comfortable in it, that they can kind of, kind of come out on top of that. Uh, I know Jay Billis said something last night on the show. He's like that entire region, other than I believe Tennessee, uh, they're like every single team plays slow. So, I mean, we're more familiar with it, but I mean, Wisconsin, like you mentioned with the pace stuff, they're as comfortable as anybody in these slow games. Um, You know, they played Virginia earlier in the year and neither team combined went over a hundred points and that's the best basketball game that's been played this year. So it's kind of just one of those things where when games are like that, when the margin for error is so low, when both teams are so good defensively and both offenses uh, aren't juggernauts, executing really is everything. Uh, and and while we say this, uh, you know, kind of make these narratives somewhat tongue-in-cheek, it really kind of does come down to that. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin recently, over the past five or six years, hasn't always been like that. Like, people still said that when, you know, Kaminsky and Decker and those guys were going to Final Fours, and it just wasn't true. Well, this right. year's team was, is a, a, they, this year's team is a little more stereotypical. Yeah, when they could score, when they had good players, yeah, they did. But now they don't, so... Um, now we're back to the seven minute scoring droughts, which raised my teenage years. Oh, baby. Seven minute scoring droughts gets me going. (laughs) I love it. You hit it on the head too, Owen, with this, where this team, yeah, we know we talk about executing, but you said this team could compete with anybody in the nation and they did it against Virginia in November where they lost by, was it a six or six or seven points? And then I mean, you've seen this team be able to compete game and game. You know, that loss against Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament, they had chances. They pulled within six, uh, you know, in the second half and just that scoring drought, you know, and and missing nine straight shots uh, obviously did not help. But they still kept it relatively close uh, until Michigan State just started making those shots. I I just – I guess – the big thing for me and this team has been, you have what Hap's been doing and, and you know, he had 20 points against, or, you know, against Michigan state uh, return to form compared to what he played against uh, Nebraska and his performance there. But, you know, I, I'm, I guess I kind of want to talk about the shooting where the consistency, I mean, Demetri Trice was going to regress to the mean, but he's fallen off pretty significantly. Uh, Brad Davidson hasn't made as many shots like that lately um, outside of one game. Um, But I I guess just what do you expect out of this team shooting from deep? If Oregon clogs up the middle, especially with Wooten, I mean, and and even Reavers for that matter with, with his inside out game, but also just trying to hit it. You know, he's had some open shots and he's missed them just, I guess, is there a percentage that they have to hit where that keeps Oregon honest? Or, I mean, obviously you want them to hit all of them, but I guess I'm I'm more worried about what Wisconsin can do from deep and to alleviate any double teams possibly from Hap, or onto Hap, or, you know, or just letting this, you know, become get out of hand early where they're going on these, these cold streaks 
or they're going to an eight or, uh, from the field early on. Well, maybe Oregon, you know, lights it up a little bit more. I don't think it matters uh, so much. I mean, like, obviously it matters how many, like, how well they shoot, but I don't think it's such a big deal on, like, hitting a certain percentage. It needs to be on who and how many guys can hit. Uh, like, Nate Reavers passes up a, like, a maddening amount of semi-open threes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, it's just that, that half-second hesitation between shooting a three or not being able to really beat his guy off the dribble, but, like, enough to get to the side of him and then pass it back out. Like, and as we've seen here, as the season's gone on, Trice and Davison are going to be blanketed. I mean, that's, those are the two guys on offense that can create their own shot on the perimeter. And that's, I mean, they're, they're going to attract the attention. I guess my point is it's going to be, I think Reavers needs to hit a couple. I think that Brevin Pritzel needs to hit a couple. And I think that Aleem Ford needs to hit one because you're going to get like the typical, you know, when when games get tight like this and teams, like, they they regress to who they are. So they're going to feed the ball to Ethan Happ inside, and Trice and Davison are going to shoot a lot because um, that, that's kind of what gives them the best chance to win. But, like, it's going to be – they're going to need a um, a Brevin Pritzel against um, – who was it? Penn State? When he, like, went off, it was, like, four for four, I think, or four or five from three. They're going to need something like that, just, like, a little spurt from somebody else uh, because that's in, in – like Khalil Iverson too, not shooting the ball, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, that tertiary and like fourth guy, those are the guys that you really need because Oregon knows exactly what Wisconsin's going to do. And Wisconsin knows exactly what Oregon's going to do. So, I mean, as much as you want to like Ethan Happ and Demetri Trice and Brad Davison, like obviously how they play matters, but Wisconsin, it's going to be just as important as how well uh, Peyton Pritchard and, and Kenny Wooten and them play too. But like, it's going to be that next guy. Um, and whether it's Brevin Pritzel and he hits three threes or whether it's Aleem Ford uh, hits a couple and, and kind of keeps the uh, the help defense off a of half honest or, you know, it, I think it's it's not so much the like the Badgers need to shoot 45 percent from three to win. I think it's more so the Badgers need five guys to hit threes type of thing. I feel like, Owen, you may have uh, snuck into my house while I was out earlier today and looked at all of the notes that I had prepared earlier about uh, Wisconsin's shooting threes, because that's exactly right. Oregon, they allow so many three-point attempts, and yet somehow their three-point defense is excellent. I think it might just be because their second most used lineup recently has contained four guys who are six foot nine, and that's just got to be hard to, to shoot over. But but you're right in that Aleem Ford, Brevin Pritzel, Nate Reavers, they can't be uh, scared to pull the trigger, even if they miss their first one or two. Like that's uh, that's what terrifies me the most is if Brevin Pritzel gets two threes early in the game, early in his playing time, and he misses them both, that he's going to pass up on the third one. Like yep. they need to keep shooting because some of them are going to fall and. Clearly, the shots are going to be there because that's what Oregon gives up. So looking deeper then with the South region, and you, you talked about it a little bit earlier, and you're doing a great way of like just planting these seeds, by the way, Drew. This is why we have you on and why we love you. Uh, talking about just like this, this, this oh, planting. Yeah, you just have a great foreshadowing into what we're going di- to dive into next. But you have the top four for this South region. You have Virginia, Tennessee. 
Purdue is a three. And then you have, obviously, Kansas State is a four. And then Wisconsin. Where, I guess, in this bracket, I mean, obviously, Wisconsin would have to defeat Oregon. And first off, let me ask you that. All right, let's, let's uh, predictions for this game right off the bat. Do you think Wisconsin takes it? Do you think they advance to the round of 32 to take on either Kansas State or UC Irvine? Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, in that yeah, boat too. too. Uh, I know it's a popular 512 pick, and it's I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily homerism. Uh, obviously, if Wisconsin can't finish around the rim like they haven't been able to, and Jim Polzin had a great article about that about a month or, or so back already. But also, I mean, if the shooting goes cold, they're going to be in trouble. But then that's every game that they've been in. Their defense will keep them in it, uh, and and we'll see how that goes. But I think Wisconsin takes it. But looking further ahead, if they do make it past the Ducks, how far do you see? Uh, how far do you see them going? Does UC Irvine win? I've got UC Irvine winning because I think that's what you need. Uh, and so, full disclosure, in my bracket, I have Wisconsin winning and then i have them beating uc irvine and then Me because too. i'm for punishment i have them winning another rock fight against virginia to lose to tennessee <laughs> <You> crazy bastard <laughs> holy but, <laughs> but i think that's what needs to happen because i think that as much like obviously wisconsin's like a five seed so so <laughs> it's not like we are you know it's not like there's some uh you know this underdog story or whatever but wisconsin's style just simply doesn't typically bode well to uh, consistently winning games they probably shouldn't unless they get some help. Uh, Wisconsin, people forget, they don't teach you this in school. The only reason Wisconsin got to the Elite Eight in 2005 is because Bucknell beat Kansas. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like, they need something like that to happen. I believe that was a 4-13 game as well, so roll tide. But I think that was a uh, – no, I'll take that back. Wisconsin was a six seed. Don't listen to me. But – uh, that's the kind of stuff I think they need to have happen. They need to have a, not a gimme game because it's not, but they need to have a break uh, because I don't, uh, I don't have faith in Wisconsin beating Oregon and Kansas state and Virginia all in a row to get to the elite eight. I think that's asking a lot. I think they can win two of those three and maybe which two of those three could be debatable. Uh, but I think you need a break. And like I said, I think if you see Irvine wins and like you see Irvine's a 30 win team, like I said, that's by no means like some gimme, but I would much rather not have to face like this gauntlet of power five champions and like heavy hitters uh, in order to then get to the elite eight. So my, my reasoning for Wisconsin beating Oregon is they play similar styles and Wisconsin just does it better. And that is also my reasoning for why Wisconsin can't beat Virginia because they play similar styles and Virginia just does it better. Uh, yeah, I do also have I do also have UC Irvine beating K State. Uh, K State is fun, and I'm super happy that they ended Kansas's uh, Big Twelve title streak. But K State has a well. How do I put this? A bad they don't offense. Got yeah, they they don't put the the ball in the hoop enough, and so I, I I don't think they do well. I think Wisconsin beats UC Irvine, but I just I I would love for them to beat Virginia. I want them to beat Virginia. I just foresee 
no scenarios where that happens unless Virginia's team bus gets lost on the way to the arena. Dude, I cannot wait for this 51 to 41 Sweet 16 game. That makes one of us. It'll have everybody on the internet so mad. It'll be great. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about that real quick? Where I mean, look at this bracket. Like, why did they put those teams together in that type of a rock fight? You take a look at Wisconsin, Oregon, which, by the way, they've played it before uh, multiple times this decade. So there's recency there, but then also with Kansas, there's Kansas State, the, the potential for there for the four or five matchup, more recency, and on top of that, everyone's playing defense uh, in this, you know in this bracket depending on who advances i I guess that that got me going uh just trying to figure out like people are like is that going to be a ratings draw we're going to see like a 45 43 game between virginia and wisconsin possibly uh but bro i don't need to hear about ratings when when some school got to the like way too far into the tournament and their leading draw was like a 90 something year old woman like i don't need to hear about ratings people are so get so bent out of that like this is a basketball tournament this isn't a tv tournament also dick vitale dig the long ball and also defense that's fair (laughs) so dick vitale was on one last night at 11 30 at night as i was obviously being productive and he well first of all he was like oh weird louisville and minnesota play in the first round couldn't have saw that one coming and then he was also very upset that he's like oh Weird. Wisconsin and Virginia could play again. Wonder who you I wonder whose dad coached at Wisconsin. So Dick Vitale, all ninety-seven years old of him, nothing gets by him anymore. So I uh Jake, I think you're the only you're not the only one that's seen some of these kind of like peculiar matchups and they're like, why are these schools here? Um kind of how the same reason how Michigan State's like third in the or should be like top four team in the country, and they're apparently like the eighth best seed. Yeah, which I mean we can discuss the merits. Season, regular season and tournament, and you beat Michigan like three times. Um, all right, how about you play Duke and lose? We could debate, I think, all day about the Big Ten tournament and just how much it actually means or does not mean for that matter. With that, um, doesn't mean right. anything. Yeah. It only means something when Wisconsin wins it. Uh, for sake for uh, keeping us rolling so we, so we all uh, – Enjoy the rest of our Monday evening here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Okorowski, Owen Reese, Drew Hom here. Uh, looking real quick at the South region, wrapping up. Who are there any upsets in this region that you're interested in? Obviously, everyone's talking the five twelve Wisconsin Oregon matchup, but anything else that really pops out to you? I, I didn't. I mean, you guys both said UC Irvine over Kansas State in your brackets. Is there any? Are there any others that really stand out to you? St. Mary's over Villanova, six eleven. Okay. Uh, on the contrary, on the contrary, I have Villanova in the Sweet Sixteen. Could not be me. <laughs> uh, I I attended Villanova for one semester, and let me tell you, they are a fine <laughs> basketball and higher educational institution. Um. I got, I got, I got, I got Purdue going Sweet Sixteen. Um, actually, I'm going Elite Elite Eight actually, uh, and beating Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I picked it pretty. Uh, I have Iowa over Cincinnati for some odd reason. I just got. I, I don't know if I trust. I know Cincinnati beat Houston, 
for that matter, which it was a three seed in the Midwest. But I don't know. I think Iowa can get it done. Yeah, I think they've they've shown that they can get it done at times, but uh, I know they're flailing towards the end of the year. And McCaffrey's suspension uh, did not help their cause as well. But here's a question for you, Jake. Uh, Hold on, before we move on from that game, Jake, can you, without looking it up, spell Cincinnati? Yeah. Okay. Yep. (laughs) C i n c i n n a t i. Oh, there it is. I don't think I could do it. I had to look that up like 17 times once for, I forgot what I was doing, but yeah, I, I had, I thought it was baseball or something, but yeah, anyways, that's, that's, that's how I remember. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Looking ahead, looking beyond Wisconsin and the South region, boys. Rest of the tournament. Uh, Big Ten teams, if you guys go to Bucky's fifth quarter, Drew has the big roast up weekly. Usually it's just the opponents of Wisconsin for each week. However, he has all eight teams in the Big Ten rated in strengths, weaknesses, other fun musings that we all love about that column uh, that comes out religiously. I guess, guys, who do you think out of the conference got a good region and seed? And then who got a not so good region or seed? I think we already discussed Michigan State uh, in that second column, but let's start with the good. Who got a good region? Who got a good seed? Um, I'm going to go with Michigan being a two seed, and they could potentially get a, like, 19 and 16 Florida team in the second round. Yeah, that that's a pretty good matchup. I I know Michigan State should have been a one seed, but they kind of have outside of having to play Duke in the Elite 8, have a pretty easy draw up until then. Like the 3 seed in their region is LSU, whose best player is suspended or hurt or something and their coach is in jail with the FBI. Yeah. Like Yeah. So here's the other thing. Michigan State could get Minnesota in the second round. And while, like, obviously they're a better team, I that's just not, like, I don't know. It's another potential just street fight game. And playing someone a third time in the second round of a tournament is not ideal, uh, if possible. I don't know. I believe I've only played See, okay. I, don't I think the rule is, in my opinion, and regardless, I think just playing a, playing a familiar opponent that early in the tournament doesn't happen very often, and that's not something I would like look forward to, especially with how Amir Coffey can play. Uh, I, that like Minnesota isn't a team I would want to play again. I never want to play Minnesota. I think they should be in like a different <laughs> conference. Can we put Minnesota in the basketball FCS? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, theoretically about. The Spart, you know, what the Sp- Sparty, they could take on in the second round Minnesota, and then if Maryland beats either Belmont or Temple, and then defeats and upsets LSU, which very well could happen, you could have 
Minnesota and then Maryland taking on Sparty and, and, you know, the rounds of 32 and, and 16 respectively, which that's, that's crazy right there. Talking about how many teams got, I think that's the first thing that popped out to me when watching those brackets yesterday, when they came out of the East region that they had three big 10 teams lined up and all were within the bracket of, Oh, Hey, yeah, let's uh, let's throw them all into the same area where they have to eliminate each other potentially, uh, because people haven't seen that before. So I found that to be, I, I feel like that maybe goes into the second part, uh, the bad region or the bad place uh, for those that love that TV show. I do, um, but I, I I'm wondering about. I mean, were you guys surprised Ohio State got in? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I thought I thought they would. Uh... They would grandfather Indiana in before Ohio State got in, to be honest. Or even like NC State has a pretty big beef about not being in the tournament. Uh, notable good win for the Badgers, uh, supposed NCAA tournament team, NC State, by the way. Yeah, no, I, I found that interesting. I think Michigan, I got Michigan as one of my final four teams, by the way, in the West. Uh, I feel like they're going to beat Gonzaga. Um, and let me ask you guys, how... How far do you have Marquette going? Losing in the first round like a normal person? <laughs> yeah, go John Morant. Bro, John Morant's about to have 45. So? He's incredible. He's insane. Have you seen that dude play basketball? He's a fucking freak of nature. It's Hell yeah, no pride. Uh, I was going to say, any other uh, upsets around the region that you see happening? Or around that? Sorry. Are there any upsets that you guys see in the first round overall in the other three regions besides the South? I've, I've got two kind of big ones. I've got Nevada going to the Elite Eight. True. And then I have, I have Temple coming in from the first four into the Sweet 16. Temple's best player is a guy named Shiz Alston who went to the same high school as me. So go <laughs> Fords. Is that like a relation? Is that a relation with uh, Rafer Alston? Uh, Lord willing. Hell yeah. Um, I have Arizona State beating Buffalo in the uh, Bobby Hurley Bowl. Um, while I although have them losing to Texas Tech in the second round. But I do have Murray State going to the Sweet 16 and giving Gonzaga about all they want. Um, other than that, my bracket's pretty boring, to be honest with you. Although I want Taco Fall to dunk on Zion. <laughs> And my last question for you guys. Final four predictions. Who you got? I have Michigan State beating Texas Tech. And I have uh, Wisconsin's own Tyler Harrow beating Tennessee. Uh, It's setting up a Michigan State-Kentucky puke-in-my-mouth national championship game. Yeah, that's (laughs) hot. (laughs) Uh because uh, my mother likes to pretend she went to Duke and she said she'd come visit and watch my kid since the Final Four is in the Twin Cities this year, I have Duke playing Gonzaga in the one half of the Final Four and then Tennessee playing Iowa State ooh, in the other ooh, half. Juicy. Interesting. Iowa State uh, with Wisconsin native Trey Halliburton or Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, excuse me. Yeah, I got, I'm pretty boring. I got Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, and Michigan, and I got right now Duke and Virginia going for the national championship with Duke, Duke taking it. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty vanilla with that. Um, 
So the first rule is that no one seeds ever make the final four. Yeah, but uh, someone, someone final four. I, I I don't know. I feel like Duke's gonna. I think with Zion, uh, I I just think that they're gonna take the cake there. I think it's gonna be really hard to beat. And uh, Virginia, I just think will they have the enough offense this year uh, to go along with that defense, and it's gonna be tough to get anybody out of the South there. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, it could very well be Duke and North Carolina. You know, once again. Yeah, that would be fun. Be that would be fun. Um, like the only thing that, the only thing that scares me with Virginia is it only takes and like I, I, this is probably like a complete asinine thing to say because the whole game only take the only the whole tournament only takes one bad game, but all it takes is one team to shoot hot against Virginia and they can be. I mean, they got beat by Duke. Uh, and, and Virginia played super well, but Duke was like 12 of 19 from three. Please don't fact check that. But they, they hit like everything early. And that's all it takes against teams that struggle to score at times. Is it like it takes one team being like white hot for a half and they lose. Like I said, which is kind of like probably a cop out because that's kind of how like almost any tournament game can be. But when your offense is not um, necessarily what you lean on. Like the problem is, is that good offense always beats good defense. So teams that like hang their hat on that, um, and Wisconsin's seen this, uh, with the exception of when they had a good offense, is that like that doesn't always fly. Like I said, I I think Virginia's probably gonna have a, a good run, but that's what always scares me with teams like that is that they just if they need to score, there's no guarantee they will. And if another team just like I said just shoots the lights out for a half, like they can be just like just that quick can be can be out and kind of get upset. Yeah, I I think to your point, pe- people forget that Virginia was the first ever one seed to lose to a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. True. People forget <laughs> that, Jake. They don't teach you that in school. Boys, anything else you guys want to add before we take it home? Tyler Harrow Hive. No, I don't got anything else. No, that's not true. I do have one other thing. I think Colgate could beat Tennessee, even though I have Tennessee going to the Final Four. They've got a guy. I wrote his name down. It's Rapolus Ivanuskis, and he's six foot ten, and he shoots forty three percent from distance. And I'm in love with him. So go Colgate. Ruin my bracket. (laughs) And by the way, uh, a fun joke. My parting note from our friends that cover. Van Vanderbilt anchor of gold for the SB nation team brands network. Uh, the five, they quote tweeted a story saying five things to know about Colgate, Tennessee basketball's first NCAA tournament opponent. Their response. So many jokes in an article addressed to Tennessee fans titled five things to know about Colgate. That's just, I send that to a friend uh, of of the show, uh, Julia Cox over at NBC 15. She's fantastic. She is the, uh, she's a sports anchor, obviously spent in, in sports journalist there. I sent it to her cause she graduated from Tennessee. So I gave her a little bit of crap there. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, on that note, boys, thank you so much for your times uh, this evening and, uh, pleasant viewings. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having my three TVs in the front room all set up along with my laptop, ready to partake in, partake in all 
the March Madness. This is March. Uh, for for Drew Hom, for Owen Reese, this is Jake Okorowski signing off. We'll talk to you guys. Actually, you'll hear us probably plenty more coming up this week. We'll have our podcast with Addicted to Quack, previewing Wisconsin and Oregon. And then we'll have our spring previews again, more coming up this week as well. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a little bit here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. <laughs>